Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Welcome to the Best Deal Ever show. I'm with my good buddy, Randy Lawrence. Randy, how you doing? Awesome, brother. Great to be here with you, Ken. And a fantastic day here today, brother. Today in uh, sunny Florida, right? Oh my God. Yeah. We've been like getting uh, torrential rain for the last two weeks. So thank the Lord. Uh, unusual, but thank the Lord. It's beautiful, sunny. So uh, Lord willing, uh, this afternoon, I'm actually test driving a Ferrari and then going a uh, little bit out uh, boating with the, the wife. So it, uh, it's shaping up to be a great day. I was going to say, that's a pretty darn good Friday, man. For test sure. driving Ferraris and going on. The I swear your Instagram, uh, I mean, your social media in general just cracks me up because you're always doing something phenomenal. I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it was funny because we set like, the intention probably like nine years ago that we want to spend at least two months a year as a family, enjoying life, vacationing, just, you know, doing cool things because it's like those memories is worth more than the money. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Creating experiences. I see you guys doing the same, man. It's important, man, spending time with the family. Sure. That's why we do what we do, though, right? To create the, the freedom and opportunity to do that. A hundred percent. You know, I mean, that's, you know, so it's so funny. Guys get lost in that, right? Like they, they start off with that thought process and then they just get buried under uh, like, you know, this thing that just controls them. Yeah. And, you know, so it's better to start off the right way, keep the right focus and yeah. then you get a better life. I recently read a book called Life in Air. Have you read that by chance? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Great book for sure. Amazing book for those guys that have created businesses that have just consumed them. Yeah. Sort of helps you break that monotony. It's, yeah. uh, it's a I, I read The E-Myth back in 2000, probably eight. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm the baker. Yeah, there's right. no systems. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm telling people what to do. It's I'm, I'm trapped in hell. I'm right. like, I'm like, no, this has got to change. And so we, you know, really became very strategic and systematic and that that helped to then as we built become not enslaved to things but building with systems and process and you know and and then it gives you a better life man and a better 100%. journey 100 percent. yeah you build a business that works for you rather than the other yeah. way around right yeah so tell yeah. us real quick uh, what parts of florida are you in i know you cover a pretty big geographic area yeah so we are located kind of geographically in tampa i'm actually pinellas county is where our office is uh, the bulk of our single family operation, we did cover from Orlando down to Fort Myers. We've since concentrated back in just because, again, greater scale uh, here in the three county areas surrounding Tampa Bay. Um, and so it's been like that probably for the last five years, again, just with strategic focus because, you know, our project manager can hit three, four, five, six houses in a day instead of driving, you know, two hours to Orlando kind of thing. So totally burns up too much time. And again, you know, that's part of, I think for us just becoming strategic, you know, everything we do is strategically focused to get a good outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys have primarily been single family over the years, right? Just flipping, well, we, holding, yeah, wholesaling, yeah, all flipping that. Mostly we started off 03 doing uh, small multifamilies. Uh, my original mentors, you know, had several thousand doors. And so that was kind of always part of the process, but then you know, kind of got drunk on house flipping in 2004 and five. I go to a Christmas party, dudes flipping 20 houses at a time, making, you know, $500,000. I'm like, wow, you know? So that's where we started, you know, getting flipping four, five, six. 
uh, you know, and uh, really kind of drifted away from focus on multifamily just because, again, the, the house flipping, it's, it's kind of like heroin, right? It's instant cash of, you know, money coming in and, and, and you know, it's the short-term hit yeah. versus the long-term gain. Um, and, but again, we really needed the cash flow too. So again, uh, that was kind of that focus and, and carried on with big short sale company, eight, nine, 10, 11. Uh, and then really kind of started coming back into rehabbing and flipping, you know, as the market kind of bore that fruit and, you know, 12 through present, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, well, it seems like the, the handful of times you and I have run into each other over the last year, uh, your business has morphed, right? It seems like where you've kind of moved sure. away from single family or, or maybe you're yeah. still doing it, but you've definitely concentrated on multifamily. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was probably like in 15, you know, we're doing great in the single family, but it's like my wife and I talk and it's like, you know, really, it, it really is part of the long-term intention, like what we had when we started to develop the multifamily and then just doing it at a larger scale, you know, instead of doing, you know, 10 and 15 unit complexes do 80, 100, 150, 200 unit complexes just for greater scale. And so that was kind of setting that intention in 15, really starting to really dig into it, you know, over the ensuing year, kind of mapping out uh, and then probably like started really getting aggressive to start looking uh, halfway through 17, you know, kind of things were situated well with the single family. And now we're going to start marching ahead uh, in this arena as well to really pursue it. You know what I mean? Because we've done it years in the past, but just not at scale. And we've mastered, uh, mastered, you know, we've done pretty well, but uh, with scaling in the single family and bringing those same principles to the larger multifamily. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of guys, I mean, that's a pretty natural progression for folks. You know, you've done enough single family, you realize I've got my systems. I understand how to do this. Let's just do it on a larger scale. And for you're sure. one of the guys that have figured out how to do that, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's, it's been fantastic and I love it, man. It's because I used to be a stockbroker, owned a money management company, did that 15 years. So it brings together all of my acumen, resources, abilities, talents, gifts, you know, with the structuring of deals, the SEC filings, just all of what's entailed in the larger complexes kind of brings the fruit of all my gifts together. And like I told a guy yesterday, I could see myself, you know, in Tahoe, uh, at our house there at 75 doing deals, you know, moving pieces around the board, you know, so that's um, awesome. And so we've got a ways to go, you know, we, we're building a big company is what we're doing. That's amazing, which it's probably a natural progression then to I'm, I'm going to assume that your best deal ever is a multifamily. So tell me about it. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> you know, so yeah, so one of the deals we did, and we've got, I mean, good Lord, we've got a number of them that are just so killer. But uh, I'll pick one that's in your neck of the woods. You know, we focus geographically kind of in the Southeast and the Southwest. Uh, those are the strongest uh, demographic economic drivers in growth over the last 10 years projected for the next 10 years. Yep. You know, people are leaving the high tax states and coming to these areas. But so we had a property that we got in a sub market there of Atlanta where you're at. Um, I want to know why I didn't get a phone call. I know. Right. So, but now, Hey, bro, Hey, we're in brother. You're in. Right, so like, right, good. yeah, like I'm probably coming up there in another month, you know, on another deal. So we're, we're but, talking. Um, yeah, for sure. So that deal there, how it came together is, you know, we strategically positioned ourselves uh, as kind of a go-to person, like a no BS. We're not going to screw around. I'm a man of my word. You know, that that's really fundamental and key that people in this space, when they're selling an asset, that's, you know, five million, seven million, fifteen million dollars. They're looking for a performing entity, somebody that's going to be proven. It's not a maybe. And so we, you know, uh, cultivated 
that intention, cultivated that in the relationships that we developed. Uh, and, you know, even where we maybe had to kind of on occasion swallow a bad pill, we swallow the bad pill because what, 10, 20 grand ain't going to kill me. But at the same time, I'm showing, look, I'm not going to jerk you around over something that's small ball. Mm -hmm. And so by doing that, it came about that a deal that was there fell out of contract because the buyers were all jerking around and being idiots. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, making a mountain, dude, when you're buying something for whatever, 4 million bucks and you're going to make and piss and moan about something for 10 or 15 grand, that's just foolish. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, and so that was taking place. It fell out of contract. I'd not talked to or dealt with this person before, but they knew another person that had dealt with us. So again, relationships are so critical. They boom, called me up. Hey man, I talked to such and such said that you guys are awesome. I've got a property that shapes up exactly like one that you just did with them. And I want to talk to you about it. I'm like, well, yeah, let's talk. And you know, uh, you know, just under a hundred unit deal, self-managed, uh, kind of mismanaged and, uh, rents were low. And again, that's a lot of times a combination where a guy's owned it for a period of time. They're managing it themselves. Maybe their cost basis is low enough where, you know, they don't need to really drive to market rents and, you know, they think they're going to do a better job, you know, managing it themselves, but they're really not a pro. Right. And so all those recipe factors came together and I'm like, boom, let's dive into it and let's jump in. And then when we dove into it, it's like, yeah, this deal tees up. It's a home run. Well, let me ask you this. So did you have like a, like a commercial or a multifamily agent who's out there looking for deals who tripped over this deal? Yeah, great question. No, so what we've done, and I think, and there's different approaches people could take in this space, but I, the majority of assets, because of the sophistication of the seller in most cases, or in also the dollar amount for which they're selling, majority of assets are going to trade through uh, commercial brokers that specialize in that arena. Right. You know, that doesn't mean that some of these one-offs trade seller direct kind of thing, and we focus on that too, but the majority go through that. So what we've done when we go into an area that we geographically identify that this is the area we want to focus on, we do the ground and pound. And what I mean by that is we roll up our sleeves, get dirty, make relationships, make connections, find out, you know, who are the three, four, five guys that are really the movers and shakers in this arena, this market, and then begin to connect together with them for the purpose of letting them know that we're a no BS straightforward, get it done kind of guy. And so it does take work. I mean, it took, you know, probably a year of developing and working and proving and connecting and all of those things. You know, everybody wants like the, the kind of the, the matrix blue pill and wham, it's done. Right. Not like that, man. You know, so because yeah. even now people, they see, oh, holy crap, you got five deals in the last 12 months. You got two more. It's like, man, I want to give me the pill. Right. It's like, yeah, no, we've been working at it and grinding to do the things that other people don't do. And out of that, those relationships form and then boom, that's where it's like we were on the short list. Cause that's the deal, right? If something yeah. like that's an off market property, they're not going to call ding dong Jimmy who, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, Hey, I, I'm the buyer. No, they're going to call the person that's like, I know that if we do something with this guy, it's a done deal. Yeah. Especially like this one, it fell out of contract because the last guy, not so smart. Yeah. So this is almost like a, it's like a pocket listing where there's an yeah. agent who knew you and before sure. they put it out to market, they called you up. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so the, the deal fell apart. He talked to another cohort that we just dealt with probably three months earlier. And again, in that deal, see, this is where people are so short-sighted, right? Like in that deal, we didn't retrade them to get an extra 20 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, hey, this is, you know, there's cracks in the paving and, you know, like stupid crap that I would have already seen. It's like, no, we just, you know, hey, there was something wrong with the plumbing. It's 10 grand. Let's make a deal on 10 grand. Okay, no problem, right? Yeah. It's reasonable. And so as a result of that, when that deal fell apart, he talked to him and was like, oh, my God, dude, Randy's your guy. And he'll get it done. He's straightforward. And that's exactly what played out. And see, that's where people miss. Like, how come I didn't get the deal? Because you were a smack over 20 grand on the last deal mm-hmm. and you burned your bridge. Yeah. You know, and so that's where again, I you know, for us, we're long-term focused, right? Like I told you in the beginning, like I got I got I got drunk on house money in four, five, and six with the short-term gains. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, become wiser to see like, look, hey, I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah. And so, you know, that that really fostered the result. Yeah. And so, man, he called us directly. I mean, and again, now having the skills, knowledge, and understanding, we didn't dick around with it, man. Yeah. Like, it was boom and done within two hours. Really? Like, that's amazing. Like, yeah. I remember I was in Sarasota at another property dealing with a deal we were trying to lock up down there. I get the call. I call my office forwarded the email to one of my underwriting guys. I said, man, get this done within the hour and call me back. And then boom, he called me back. It's like, okay, I pulled up on my phone, looked at it. It's like, yeah, at that price, it's a winner. Bam. I called him back. I said, we'll have the LOI to you, you know, within, you know, the next 30 minutes. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you said this need to be done. I'm going to get it done. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, for sure. So in that, that, that was impressive to, 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 to them too. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, that's, we, uh, you're creating that reputation. That's that you've already created it and you're just, you know, further enhancing that reputation. Yeah, further on. And then that guy, I mean, he, he kind of jerked us around a little bit too in the beginning, not the, not the, the broker, but the seller. And I'm like, dude, look, Hey, and I ate it. Right. I ate it. And I'm like, it's okay. Hey, like, that's my thing. That's all good. But it's like, Hey, you see what we do. Right. And he's like, dude, we will hook you up again and we'll work together. That's you know, awesome. And so, and again, it's, it's that same mentality, having the right mindset. I just did a podcast maybe a week ago on this of like, you know, if you're going to succeed and win, it starts right there, having the right mindset. Cause if you've got the right, the wrong thinking, yeah. it's going to subvert you every time. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause again, like your emotions kick in when the guy's trying to jerk me around for 15 grand. Yep. Well, that, how on earth, that shouldn't right. be, you know? And right, right. Get the ego out of the way. Yeah, for sure. Look it's at like, the numbers, man. The it's like yeah. 15 grand's nothing, man. We'll make that on this deal and the next deal. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, so talk to us uh, for a minute about how you funded it. So, yeah. So with that, you know, we typically have uh, five, six people that will fund equity together with us, including, you know, ourselves. Uh, and we've got the track record to be able to qualify and get the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, kind of Cadillac of financing. So we've got those relationships and track record in place. Uh, and so this particular deal, because it was like 95% occupied, qualified for Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which again gives you the, you know, the most interest only, the lowest interest rate, the 30-year amortization, you know, fixed rate debt for 7, 10, 12 years. So that was kind of, it teed up, you know, perfectly for that. We ended up going with uh, a Fannie Mae loan uh, on the property and then had, I think maybe seven other people that invested with us 
uh, on the deal there. I'm just kind of looking it up here. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, right about probably $1.2 million in terms of the equity piece and then kind of an all in of about four, uh, $4 million. So $4 million was the purchase price for the apartments? Yeah, just under 3.87 is what it ended up being. Gotcha. And then we're putting into it about 250000 to renovate the interiors. You know, the property was clean. And, uh, you know, I'll share some photos with you of it and yep. all like that. But it's Perfect. like the property was clean but dated. And that's kind of part of the recipe we look for, too. You know, these properties oftentimes for true workforce housing are built in the 70s. You know, got brown. This one actually had brown cabinets, avocado, uh, you know, countertops, uh, old school dingy bathroom you know tile which is a great recipe because then we can go in for probably about 32 to 3500 dollars you know redo the kitchen cabinets you know repaint them seal them white put new handles on recoat the countertops put in new kind of plank style flooring two-tone paint new brush nickel lighting and fans yep it's like a brand new 2000s built apartment and it cost us like 3500 bucks so you know, we go in and that was like quarter million dollars. We're going to get the pool back online. So now there's a nice amenities feature, get these units renovated. And now we, you know, and then bring in professional management, quality, clean, professional management, you know, redo the clubhouse, make it look nice and professional. Um, and, and those are the recipes that now it's like, wow, this place, man, it looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So uh, give me an idea of rents. What were they before and then what were they after? Yeah, so the rents on this were now, uh, before they were 550 and the competitors in the marketplace were 700, 725, and 749. And so we really, you know, the, you got to know your stuff, especially in this arena. So we're dive in. We know the comps. We know the condition of the comps. We know what their occupancy is. You know, so all that going in, we know who we're dealing with. So in our underwriting and our performa, because again, we take a conservative approach to how we do things. We're like, hey, all our numbers will work if we're able to hit 650. And again, we also recognize there's, you know, maybe some type of economic slowdown, recession on the horizon. So again, strategically thinking, we want to offer a better product than the competitor at a lower price or at the same price, but ours is better. So again, we've got that competitive advantage. That's kind of our, our secret sauce. So we underwrote it, 650 will kill it, right, yeah. against the competitors. So we go in, we start the exteriors, get that going in the first 30 to 60 days, start renovating a couple of units. The very first unit we rented at 725, the next one wow. we hit 750, and then the third was 785. You oh, know, wow. So, I mean, totally killing it, totally killing it. And, like, we're also changing the demographics of the tenant base, like, the, when we bought it, the fire marshal came out just to kind of, hey, let's take a look at, you know, everything, new owner and all that. And this, again, goes to professional management. Our manager is like, hey, let me show you the new units that we're offering. She takes them, shows them a renovated unit. He's like, wow, I didn't know this was here. I've got two firefighters coming on board that are new. I'll refer them over here. So, like, one of those first two that was, I think it was the second unit rented at 749 was a new firefighter that's hired to that community. And then we rented to another awesome. one as well. So, and again, that's kind of the thing that, because now we're offering a better product, a better community to live in. It's elevating the, uh, maybe the, the stat strata of the person that's living there still workforce, 
but just a notch up because it's a better place to live. Sure, sure. Now, uh, so you created all this cash flow. So how is everybody participating in your deal? What does that look like? Yeah, so we structure a preferred scenario so that our investors are getting a preferred return uh, on cash flow and then a preferred return on the back end. So they get paid first before us, you know, so that they're going to hit a 12% return on their money. They can sleep at night knowing, you know, come basically Hades or high water, that's going to happen. And the reality is we've had people that have been invested with us in various forms over the last 16 years. That's kind of been the benchmark. So we're not maybe ultra sexy, like, wow, man, you're going to make 22% on your money. But it's like, it's the, the, the tortoise in the hare, right? Yeah, right. The tortoise just clips along. And I, I said this, I was talking to a guy yesterday. It's like, just imagine your portfolio. If you'd have made 12% on your money and not lost for the last 16 years, where would you oh, be? Yeah, right. For yeah. Sure. It's right? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so again, that's kind of the structure that again, we're not, you know, loading up on asset management fees and all this stuff. So it's like, Hey, we're driving performance, making sure the property's performing to its maximum potential so that our investors that invest with us, they're going to get their return. And then, yeah, we get a great return if we kill it on the back end. But, you know, again, we got to work to make that happen. So it gives our investors also a measure of confidence and assurance because it's like they know they're going to get their number hit because we're working to make that happen. So they're basically getting your investors are getting paid first yep. after that 12%. And then after that 12%, what's it look like for you right now in terms of cash flow? Yeah. So in terms of cash flow for us, I mean, that we probably, you know, on that deal here, we're clipping to the year mark on it. So again, we're probably going to be. Uh, at about 38,000, 40,000 of cash flow on it coming to us this year. Yep. And then again, as we drive that performance over the next two years, that will uh, clip up. You know? yep. So again, even for us now, a lot of times on a deal, we may put the work in in the first 10, 12 months, we're not really capturing a lot because we're pushing and driving performance sure. and pushing return to investors. Like So all of our projects and investors have been you know, dividend positive quarter one, day one, you know what I mean? Because again, yep. we're willing to not be paid. So they get paid. And it's just part of that model. It's everybody's got a different approach. And, you know, we've kind of put it like, hey, we're going to put them first. Because like even good Lord, the people that have been with us 16 years in eight, nine and 10, they lost nothing. Right now wow. we got our ass kicked. Right. I mean, like <laughs> right. everybody did, you know, sure. yeah. but they didn't lose because we put them first. Yeah. Right. And so it's just been kind of how we've operated for the last now, I mean, since 2003. So coming up on 17 years. Yeah. So well, you know, everybody knows multifamily can produce great cash flow, but the reality is you've created ridiculous amounts of equity when you sure. turn when you turn that thing around. So what are you guys looking at in terms of equity already created? Yeah, already created. It's about two million dollars. You know. So. Come on. I mean, that's crazy yeah, for sure. Exactly. You know, so, and it's because of the, you know, again, the, the, the multiplication, you know what I mean? Because we're one, we're using the leverage where we're borrowing, you know, uh, you have like $3.2 million on this deal. So there's a big lever right there that we're using. Plus we've got the scale of, you know, whatever, call it a hundred units and then that cash flow coming from it. So it, it, those, those two factors, and then the operational assassin, right? The money's made in the operation. Like I had one guy, mm. there's a couple of uh, entrepreneurs like, yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll pull our money and buy a place. And I'm like, you're the kind of people that I buy deals from. Right? <laughs> right. Because 
you, you, they're going to put their money together, hand it to some ding dong manager that's going to run the place into the ground. It's like, because every week we're driving performance. We're looking at the numbers. I'm on the phone talking with the management team and ensuring that weekly the process is being adhered to yep. and the numbers bear that out. And so that's where that third component people kind of think, oh, it doesn't exist. Oh, that's where the work is, man. That's Dude. just as much work. Totally. You know, we bought, a, we bought a storage facility that was in distress and it was being managed by a property manager and they were at 65% occupancy. We kept that manager in place, just put a new person on site. Yeah. And because we were pushing them, we got them to 98% occupancy. It's yeah. the same manager. For sure. But yeah. you have to lean on them to perform. Yeah the accountability that's where you know, yep. people miss that they think oh they're just going to do their job it's like dude that's human nature man it's like you know and and me and my team we're more motivated than anybody right it's that's like right you don't get paid until yeah, it's performing that's kind of our mantra i just told this to another management in another state it's like look and i'm in my office here it's like in my office there's a wall on the other side of that wall is the result that i have to get to and I don't give a, a, a crap what you have to do to get through that wall and get to the other side. All we care about is the results. Would you agree with me that that's what our objective is, is to get the result? And she's like, yes. Then I said, it doesn't matter what you've got to do to get to the other side. And she's like, I agree. I said, well, that's the standard that we're going to adhere to, right? Right. And because again, we had to fire a, a dude that was, you know, just not cutting it, man. And so yeah. she's the new person. She's killing it. But even though she's killing it, we're reinforcing, like, this is the standard. Yep. And it will be held to every week. If she feels, if they feel that accountability, it changes everything. If they know oh, yeah. you're going to be calling them at the end of the week, what's going on and where's sure. performance. Yeah. Like absolutely she was, changes things. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and, and again, now that's work, right? I mean, sure. yeah. because that's part of what we have to do. You'd like to set it and forget it. I mean, I dreamed that way back in 2006 or seven, right? Like, man, eh, we'd like to just, but it's, you know, you can't, you got to no. be on it. You got to no. be on it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, so what did you learn from this experience and what would you do differently in your next apartment acquisition? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I think the most critical part there, it reinforced is the relationships and the willing to look long-term, right? I mean, right. and that dude, look, I had another guy, this sounds like a reoccurring theme, right? But it's just another guy stiffed me for 20 grand, right? Like, and again, he could, but it wasn't right. And your emotions kick up, right? Just it's yeah. human nature, man. Sure. And so, you know, just, you got to bat it down. So again, it was easier for me just to be like, you know what? Hey, that's not right, but whatever, you know? And so that's part of the thing I would learn is stay focused on the long-term objective. Don't get emotionally distracted by the the, the nuances or the challenges that hit you fairly or unfairly. Yeah. And that's so good. Control your emotions in business because they, oh, sure. emotions don't belong in business. Logic belongs in business, right? Absolutely, man. And, you know, and that's, and I go back to the mindset thing. Like I've been working on my mindset realistically for 22 years since I, I put my faith in Christ at 27 and that began to be a change in my mindset, my life. And I've really focused on that. And it just, it takes work because yeah. we're just wired that way in our emotions and your ego. And, you know, it's like, you know, and then even too, the more success you have, you see guys get puffed up oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh man, I'm ego. God. Like, and it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, you're fixing the stumble, bro. You know, 
Pride yeah. comes before the fall, man. I've seen it how many times? Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's like even, too, I met this one dude. I'm at a conference, you know, and I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? And then the speaker, dude, that's speaking, it's like, hey, Randy, how you doing, man? You know, and, and like, oh, my God, Randy's doing this and Randy's doing that. And, like, the dude that met me is like, you didn't say nothing about all that. I'm like, well, just, you know, I'm just, I just do what I do, man. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So you don't need to brag on, on yourself. No, Let somebody else brag on you, right? Sure. <laughs> totally. You That's know, amazing. Man. So, so somebody's out there watching this and they're motivated to get an apartment under complex. They, well, there's a lot of guys I know right now looking for multifamily. What advice sure. would you give them? Yeah. I mean, I think the paramount number one thing is you've got to learn how to really evaluate the complex and what the real opportunity is. Um, and that's going to take work. Like, I mean, I dove into that for months, uh, had a friend of mine that lives, uh, on the beach. We connected together. He'd been in the space 16 years. He mentored me, um, as well, you know, and that was tremendously helpful. I had a strong knowledge base from what we've done and my original mentors. But again, just, you know, I think a lot of times guys will take insight that they have from the current real estate experience and try to juxtapose that over, and it's not the same. It yeah. really is not. And so, I mean, I had one guy say, hey, I've checked this deal. Would you look at partnering with me? It's worth, you know, $5 million. And, you know, it's in my neck of the woods. And, and I'm like, oh, is this this deal? Like, I'd already seen it. My team had already underwrote it. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and, and it was not a good deal. And I said, well, let me look at it again. I come back. We underwrote it. It was max $4.2 He was like, it's all good at five you know, and so he's off by 800,000 because he's using not correct analysis or information. And so I think that's the number one thing I would say, if you really want to get into the business, you've got to find the pathway to really understand all the nuances of underwriting and understanding, you know, how to properly value the complex. Cause there's undoubtedly people overpaying right now sure. for a complex because they don't really know. And they're making you know, projections that are not going to be realized. And so what's going to happen is it looks good today because that's today. Yeah. But then they're going to have their ass handed to them three, four years from now because their projections were not right. They were based on erroneous information. And so that's the number one thing is get the understanding. Yeah, that's good. Folks, did you hear that? Don't be so eager to jump into a multifamily deal that you overpay. Be conservative, underwrite correctly. And hopefully uh, you'll land a deal like Randy did. Randy, yeah. thanks so much for your time, awesome. man. This was, this was incredible. Awesome, man. Thank you, brother. Great to see you, man. All right. Take care. Thank you. Take care. All right. Sit tight, you Deal Farm listeners. We've got more coming up in just a second. But for right now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to pick up your phone. Now, if you're driving, just wait till you get to the next stoplight. I want you to go to your Amazon app. I want you to type in Profit Like the Pros. You'll see my paperback book published by Bigger Pockets come up. Okay, now just hit the order button. See how easy that was? Here's the deal. In just two days, you're going to be enjoying 25 amazing stories of seasoned investors sourcing and funding and profiting from all types of real estate investments. Okay, back to the show, except in this segment, we're going to talk about the deals that didn't go so well. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'm here with my good buddy, Randy Lawrence, and we are going to talk about his worst deal ever. Randy, tell me about your worst deal. Ah, oh, I know it, man. So 
Worst deal ever. Uh, it is a house that is a uh, million plus dollar home, waterfront home here oh, in Florida. Okay. You know, we bought it as a REO and then, oh, you know what? Hey, uh, we got to recircle. I just realized too, you know what? This thing's active litigation. Oh, so, you better not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's cancel that one. Okay. Uh, yep. You know what? Um, can it be worse deal? Because I had a sinkhole house that was not a known sinkhole. And that was like a painful thing. But it later turned out we got a sinkhole claim and the house got paid off. So it was the worst deal ever. It turned into a good deal. Sure. Why not? I love yeah. it. That's unique. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let me, I'll start over. Hey, folks, I'm here with my good buddy, Randy Lawrence. And we're going to talk about his worst deal ever. Randy, tell me about your worst deal. Ah, oh, man, I tell you, it's, uh, it's tough. I know. But all right, here it is. When I first started off in the single family space flipping, it probably was, I, you know, we started in 03. It's probably like 05-ish, something like that. Bought a house that uh, we were buying in a particular neighborhood. That private lender was my father-in-law. So again, like. Oh, no. Oh, family. It's already shaping up, right? Right. And then, and so we buy the house. And then we, you know, we get the crews go over there. It's, uh, I think, it, yeah, it was, I believe it was an REO. We buy the house and the crews go over there to start working on it. And then we start to see that there's issues with the home, you know, that were unseen before. And then we see uh, some sinkage issues going on with the house. And we're like, what's the deal here? What is, so what does that look like? Cracks in the walls? Cracks, and, and then even too within one of the rooms, the sloping uh, in <laughs> the uh, foundation that's a poured foundation. So I get it if you're on piers, but this is a poured foundation. It's like, holy crap, this is not good. Dang. Right? And so well, it's then, an REO. They don't have to disclose anything. It's as is where it is, yeah, right? for sure. And so then, you know, uh, you know, we'd own the property for probably at that point, like whatever, two months. And just because we're, you know, doing a bunch of other things. And so we get in there, find that. I actually have another uh, attorney that we use as the title company and the closing agent. And they're like, man, you may have some issues here. Part of their business is also sinkhole. Uh, and so I, my heart's like, oh, oh my God. That's like a like, oh, holy swear crap. Words. We just went from a house that's going to work with my father-in-law to you've just got a giant turd, right? I'm like, oh my God, you know? And uh, <laughs> That's so, hilarious. yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was painful, man. Like, so, so this is really kind of unique to Florida though, right? I mean, we don't think calls so, in yeah, Georgia. So now Florida, yeah, Florida, and especially the area we are in from like, uh, you know, probably, you know, whatever, 30 miles north of Tampa to, you know, 30 miles south of Tampa to 40 miles uh, east, that's kind of like the sinkhole alley. Now, then there's some other areas, but it's because of, and I found this out because of having gone through this, it's like, you know, the groundwater and the limestone that occurs underneath in the natural aquifers. So part of the, 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 the subgrade soil will collapse down and it's necessarily the sinkhole, it's sinking. And then the top grade sinks and then the house, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you're like, holy crap, what is, you know, and it's like, so then we had to, you know, switch up gears because it's like, what are we going to do, you know, and then so you're looking like, at a total right, loss. This is a total loss. For sure, you know, so it's like, holy crap, you know, so we, we filed 
the claim with the insurance company to see like, you know, is it a sinkhole? What's going on? Because then now they got to come out and, you know, do all this sub uh, straight investigations under the ground and all that. And then, you know, the insurance company, they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's not a sinkhole, you know, and like, of course you know, they are yeah, for right. sure. And they're like, yeah, we'll take your money. But we don't want to give you none, you know. But so it's there's so a special, co- is that a special rider for sinkhole or do all policies down there well, cover, cover sinkhole? Did. All policies had that in it, you know, okay. but then because of the amount that, w- that later was going on here in Florida, then they, they made some changes to it. But uh, at that time, it was just automatic, you know, within the policy. And so then I had to engage our title company, the attorney. I'm like, look, man. He's like, well, dude, I could have told you, man, this is like, you're going to have to litigate this, you know, because they don't want to give you any money. They're going to deny it. So we then... So it's like, you know, one, you're thinking like you're going to rehab this house, you're in and out and whatever, four months. It's like, yeah, no. So now I'm like going to my, my father-in-law, you know, hey, uh, you know, dad, I got to share some news here with you. Oh my gosh. How you know? difficult is that? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, cause he's lent the money to us. You know, we're, we started in 03. This is maybe two years in. So we're not like the rock stars that we are today, yeah. you know, with the confidence level and all that. And so I had to say, well, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rent the home and, you know, uh, you know, pay you. And, and then once we get this resolved, I'll refinance out the home. And, you know, so it's a lot of like, uh, you know, kind of painful navigating. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it definitely. And I mean, again, it was looking like it's a total loss, right? Yeah, I mean, right. Like, so four years later, on the fighting back and forth. I mean, just good Lord, the insurance companies put you through hell. It was like a miracle of God. They came in and finally just like, we're going to go to trial and all this. And it genuinely is like a miracle from the Lord. They came in and said, we're going to settle and we'll pay you full policy value. I mean, it was like, boom, the worst deal ever turned into the best deal ever. It was like, Oh my gosh. It was like, you know, so we were able to pay off the mortgage and uh, in fact, we still have that house, you know, own free and clear guys renting it, you know, so you can, re- you can rent it. So there's no fear of it like just collapsing yeah, on not, it. Yeah. No, not because it's not that kind, there's different levels of sinkhole, right? Okay. So there's some sinkholes. It's just a little bit. There's others. Like when I lived on uh, lakefront uh, community, North of Tampa, we sold our house when we moved to the beach and like a month later, six houses, one, like two streets over, boom, just collapsed in and, and two houses literally fell into the ground. Thankfully, nobody was in them and hurt, but that oh can happen. Gosh. Yeah, that's kind of what I think of when I hear sinkhole. Yeah, for sure. That's what they show on the news. Like, cause that does happen, you know, maybe once every couple of years, but yeah. so yeah, it was the worst deal ever. The emotions of it, dealing with my father-in-law, sure. you know, yeah. that was terrible. But by again, kind of stepping back from the emotional pain of it, taking the steps that we could take, making wise decisions as best that could be made it yep. turned out for the good lemonade yeah. out of lemons man right for sure and that's the thing i would say that even too as i look at other situations it's like look even though something may not be palatable even though it's a difficult thing that you may be going through it's like it's really actually working for the good yeah that's the truth of what really i believe god's promise is that if yep. we stay focused stay the right course it's all going to work for our advantage yep. and that's exactly what shook out on this deal. That's good. That's the man talk about taking a negative and turn it into something positive. Randy, yeah, this sure. was awesome, man. We appreciate it so much. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you so much, brother. You have an awesome day today. You too. See you, bye. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. 
If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. Whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.